there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Nikki Mayo. I don't know if you coined this descriptor, Mm-hmm. But you call it entrepreneurial journalism. What okay. is entrepreneurial journalism? Okay. I definitely didn't coin that phrase. I've heard it used a couple of times in the way that I interpret it is there's so many stories out there that you want to tell. And we all know how it goes at the either budget meeting or news meeting, assignment meeting, whatever you want to call it, where you have to throw the stories out there, say, this is what I want to cover, and then pray to God that you get some buy-in from your managers. Well, at this point in my career, I am now a manager. I am now deciding what am I going to cover and finding ways to get that funded. So if I want to go and do anything from a documentary, a podcast series, if there's some topic that I really want to flesh out, learning that there's grant money out there to do particular types of stories, there's a documentary grant money out there in particular, but also a chance for you to tell the stories you've always wanted to tell as long as you're not breaking like ethical practices. So for me, I specialize with Nikki Mayo News, LLC, which is my company. I, on the side, specialize in telling stories from the small guy, from the mom and pop shops, the civic organizations, the faith-based groups, the everyday stories that they always were calling the TV stations and the radio stations and asking us to come out and cover them. And we were like, oh, we don't have the crews for it. Well, you know what? Now I am the crew and I do have the time for it. I give them the story about what they're doing and use it however they want to, because we are in the age digital and social media videos are king. So you might as well go ahead and tell a happy, feel good story and give it to the client and they pay me for it. So they have it. There you go. So it's not going to appear on like your local ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox affiliates, but that's what they're asking for. The clients want that coverage. They can't get that coverage. I like telling feel good stories because I've been telling enough death, injury and destruction on my career. I finally have a chance to tell the stories I want to and I can print a profit at the same time. And these are not stories that conflict with what we typically cover anyway. If you have a conflict, then you, you can't do it. Absolutely. So let's go back to something you said at the beginning of your mm-hmm. answer to that question. And it mm-hmm. had to do with that there is grant money out there for some of these documentaries. I can imagine some of our young listeners are saying, where, where can I go look for that kind of grant money? Well, that's where the journalist in them has to jump up and start with a Google search and go deeper than that. If you want to do something on science and environmental, like STEM is big, but environmental studies are huge. So there's money out there to do stories on everything from the rising shoreline, parts of Maryland and parts of Florida are going to be underwater in about 10 years. There is money for those type of stories to get out there. Sadly, with contamination led by lead pipes and the likes for old infrastructure, there are different agencies that they want someone to finally tell their story outside of a short news story. That's where that documentary or short doc, that's where that money comes from. These agencies are asking people, please come and tell our story. 
Now, typically we're going to get somebody to pitch you a story. Yeah, they want your news organization to do it. But if you're venturing into entrepreneurial, which means that you are the boss and you are looking for grant money, then you got to start researching topics and seeing who will pay you to cover this. And it's not always a video thing. I'm just going from my point of view. They want in-depth magazine pieces. You may not write full time for The Atlantic, but you can get some money to write for The Atlantic for this type of a thing. You just have to know how to pitch a story. Typically, I think freelancer is a phrase that's used interchangeably with entrepreneurial journalism, but freelancers tend to already have assignments signed to them. What I'm suggesting is start making the story pitches for what you really want to cover yourself, things that you're passionate about, and there's probably somebody who will pay to do it. So can you give us an example? You rattled off a variety of outlets or audiences that you feel more inclined to cover, whether you said the small mom yeah. pop shops, the civic groups, faith-based organizations. So how have you gotten to do the kind of stories you want to do and get paid for that work? For me, it came from my proverbial, it came from my contacts. These are people who would always see me out in stories and were always pitching me these stories so that once I became independent, I was like, well, you know that story you were always asking me to do and I couldn't do it because my boss kept shooting it down. I love to do it now. So those are my contacts that comes from networking that comes from actually working as well, too. So you can't discount the fact that you need it to be visible. You can't just be sitting in your basement somewhere and asking people like, well, why don't you have me cover your story? They don't know you. There's a lot of networking involved in that because they need to know you as a reliable news source. My name, believe it or not, carries a lot of weight. So if I cover your stuff, people are like, oh, word, OK, it's a real story. Yeah, it's a real deep story that you need to know. So if you don't have a good 20 years to line your reputation, then you need to get into a circle where you can be amongst those who do have a reputation, ties, and then you start showing your work. You showcase it online. You showcase it on your website. That's your digital storefront. Let it be known that you are a viable news source and that they should allow you to tell their stories. So Nikki, the way you have kind of pivoted your career from being assigned stories to now dictating what stories you will cover. Do Mm -hmm. you think that it's possible for a young person to leapfrog that first phase where they are working in newsrooms? Do you even think it's wise for them to do that? Or do you think that they should just go right into the doing it themselves? What is your recommendation? I think they should do it simultaneously. That way you get some fundamentals there. I did advise one student that I'm mentoring right now. You know, the phrase right now is do anything for clout. So in this mindset, yes, go traditional so that you get the fundamentals. But frankly, so that you can get the the sign off, the little check that says, yes, this person has experience in an established news organization. But while you're doing that, there's nothing keeping you from also making material that can be seen, heard, whatever, on your own, again, your digital storefront, on your website. I really don't like the idea of like killing off that creativity that you're going to naturally have fresh out of school. So why not do something with it? Just kind of keep it, you know, so that you don't lose the job that pays you some money. Because the idea is to make your passion profitable. And you could probably do that a lot faster. Seriously, like a lot faster than people have done it in the past. Now, for me, I didn't venture out until I got to be a national correspondent for a good five years. But you could really venture out once you get the fundamentals and some call letters or some masthead name behind you and then be like, okay, that was great. So there's my little clout. Now go and like, you know, get your destiny on. Yeah. Be creative. <laughs> you know, go go do the darn thing. 
I love how you describe that because basically what it sounds like you're advising young people to do is to start building their brand day one. Day one. Seriously. Yeah. And to take that opportunity to network through that established legacy Mm -hmm. newsroom, whatever that is, as a way to expand their brand into the communities or the whatever their beat is and leverage that then for their side hustle, which may eventually become their main hustle. Yeah. I mean, the reality of these companies is that at least what I have seen since 2001, so I'm putting it right there to date myself, is that there is little to no loyalty when it comes to these companies. So you're sitting there working yourself tooth and nail for a company that will probably turn you over within two to three years. So what I'm offering is go be a good doobie, do your job for two to three years. But while you're doing that, please be on the side feeding into what it is that is your brand, because they will call you into a room one day and they will say, we're sorry, but we need to exercise the outs in your contract effective immediately. And you'll be out. And your whole identity was hinging on one entity, something exterior from yourself. I'm arguing, build up who it is that you are so that that product follows you. So that your name recognition alone is what gets you people calling. Like I have people calling me and saying, I want you to cover me. And they don't even know who I freelance for. They just want me to cover it. That's what you're trying to get to is to having people saying like, hey, can you come out and shoot my story? I'm like, for which one? Like, I cover politics. Do you know how many people hit me up for features? I cover politics. That's why I don't take on political clients. They're like, well, I know how you do stories, though. Could you come and tell mine? I mean, I can do it on the side and then they can take this photo, this video, whatever they want. They can take it and go on with it. But I like that leverage, that fact that people are like, you tell a sound story that you had the foundations of journalism down. I don't question your ability to do this. And I don't question the angle you'll take with my story either. They're giving you that free range. And then they're going to pay you to do it too. I'm like, wow, okay, that's deep. Yeah, I like having those two things. I, by the way, I never get paid to do any political reporting. I never do any stories for any politicians just to kind of keep myself clean on that side. But if it's like I have a basketball player who used to be part of a national organization for basketball, not, but not the NBA, And he was like, he wants to tell his story. Okay, fine. So I'll go and shoot that and I'll tell his story. And I feel that we need to tell more of these. Create your own lane. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.